Today, our guest is a former Classic three hundred champion and ten-time Iditarod finisher, and, and proud owner of Alaskan Husky Adventures Home of the Seventeenth Dog. Please welcome to uh, back to our show, Matthew Fowler. 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 Thank you for having me. Hi, Matthew. Congratulations on your recent finish of the Iditarod. With this being the 50th anniversary of the Iditarod, we are going to start off with a little Iditarod trivia. We have five questions. Are you ready? I was born ready. <laughs> First question, who founded the Iditarod? Joe Reddington Sr. and um, Miss Vi, I think they would call her the mother of the Iditarod. can't remember her name. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Joe Ransom's here. Second question. Who won the very first Iditarod? The very first Iditarod was won by Dick Wilmarth in 1973. Third question. Yes. <laughs> Third question. Who was the first female Iditarod champion? Okay, that's a tough one. Most people would say Susan Butcher, but we're going to go with Libby Riddles in 1985. Yep. Fourth question. What was the closest finish? Oh, man. Um, well, it's closer than Hugh Neff and Richie Deal in the Kobuck. Sorry, Richie, but you got beat <laughs> by two minutes. Um, it's going to be... Uh, that was Rick Swenson losing to Dick Mackey by one second in like 1975. It's, it's 78, correct? Oh, okay. So it's Dick okay. Mackey and Rick Swenson. Fifth question Who has the oldest person to ever finish that? Wow, it's either Colonel Norman Vaughn or Joe Reddington Sr. It was Norman Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it. Uh, I'm going to say Norman Vaughn. Okay. He was 84. You got, Is that right? Yeah. yeah. You got... Bye, bad. Bottom of snow. <laughs> but I forgot the year, so kind of like four and a half out yeah. of five. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um... So my wife and I, Liz, we live in Willow, just north of Anchorage, about 70 miles. And we are the happy dog owners of uh, 60 sled dogs. That includes puppies and retirees, um, some of which are sleeping behind me right now. You can see Cool Cat there on the floor. And we have a racing kennel, like you guys said, in an awesome introduction. Um, 17th Dog, and the, the tour side of our kennel is Alaskan Husky Adventures, where we give tours to people that want to come up here and um, see the state and learn about dog mushing, people from all over. And so I'm from Ohio, where I did not know anything about dog mushing, but I moved up here um, for a college job and started working with sled dogs, and I kind of fell in love with that. So I didn't want to go back. To, uh, to Ohio. I mean, I love Ohio, but I wanted to kind of start something up here. Your dog kennel is named 17th Dog Kennel. Tell us 
talk to us about where you came up with this name. So, nowadays you can only take 14 dogs on the Iditarod, but when I first started racing in 2012 in the Iditarod, you were allowed to take 16 dogs. And so, I wanted to say, like, thank you to our sponsors, boosters, and, and people that support us, just our fans. So, I would instinctually just tell them, like, thanks for being the 17th dog, which would be the next member of the team. Um, so... Now that they changed the rules to only allow 14 dogs, we are not changing our name to 15th dog. We're still going to be 17th dog. But that's kind of how that started. It was just a tribute to our fans and people. And I'm not the 17th dog. Anyone that supports us would be considered the 17th dog. That's nice. Can you tell us some of the dog names? Sure. Um, well, the matriarch of the kennel, her name is Cool Cat. We've had four litters out of Cool Cat. Um, one of the kind of the, the fathers of, of a lot of dogs is a dog named Sean White, who is um, named after the, the flying tomato, the real snowboarding Sean White. Um, so our dog, Sean White, is from Martin Boozer's kennel, um, who's my mentor. We have uh, Zeppelin. He's um, a four-time I did rock finisher, maybe five-time now. Um, we've got an up-and-comer named Maserati and McLaren, um, and we have some young ones named uh, Cha-Ching and Smackers and Hundo, and then, yeah, there's there's a lot of fun dogs out there. How long have you been operating the 17th dog kennel? I think I started it in 2012 or 13 after I left Martins to kind of start my own kennel, so right around there. It's almost been... 10 years now. You just mentioned you were mentored by Martin Boozer. Can you talk to us about that experience? Oh, yeah, sure. He, um, well, he gave me a chance, and sometimes that's all it takes is, is someone willing to give an eager person Ella a chance. Pepper, Reed, Jacob, um, I think I fit, I fit right in really office. well. champion and he's got a wealth of knowledge and was able to give a lot of it to me uh, in a very easy way so if you're trying to get into any profession you might as well email or call someone who's the best and see if they'll give you a shot it doesn't matter if they're a carpenter or dog musher lawyer or doctor you might as well just send them an email and say hey do you need some help because I want to work for you what is it like to see him racing the 39th Iditarod Martin. Um, it was pretty cool. I uh, had the chance to travel with him for a couple hundred miles through several checkpoints. It's like traveling with, well, he's my mentor, but he's also now a really good friend. Um, so, I mean, he's kind of like a second father to me in the sense that my dad lives in Ohio and I don't get to see him that often. So Martin's kind of, you know, an older gentleman. Uh, he's like a dad, but not to take anything away from my dad, but um, he's like a mentor, yeah. So it was fun. He was able to teach me a few things on the trail, but also be my friend. So um, it's it's a 
Yeah, you can't really put a price tag on that. You get to go down the trail with a four-time champ and, and your buddy at the same time, so it's just enjoyable. Let's talk about this year's Iditarod. Things were kind of back to normal this year. Were you happy to be back on the normal trail? Most definitely. Yeah, for a lot of reasons, obviously. We didn't get a chance to see our friends in some of the villages, travel the same trail. Um, the coast and a lot of the villages uh, along the, the back half of the race, it's just nice to get back to the way things used to be. Um, you know, we still had to be careful because we didn't want to um, get COVID or move it, you know, move it through the village. We had to be very careful, but it was just, it was just nice. Um, it's good to kind of be able to, I don't know, hug people and high five and, um, you know, just have that emotional support like, like we used to. Was there COVID testing still? Uh, my brain is really, really mushy here. I need to think about it. We got, leading up to the race, we were very careful. Um, our tourists that were coming here were wearing masks and we were doing things outside. And I wasn't shaking hands because obviously we didn't want to get COVID and test positive. So we were tested many times leading up to the race. We were tested the day before the ceremonial start. We were tested before that. We were tested a bunch. And I can't remember. I think on the trail I was tested a couple times. But to be honest with you, I don't remember. <laughs> Is that bad? No. no. There were several people that were behind you that were affected by a huge storm between White Mountains and safety. Did you run into the storm at all, or did you miss it? I did run in. The dogs and I did. We did run into the storm. Um, and I remember seeing it because leaving White Mountain, you're on this river for a couple miles about 40 minutes, 45 minutes, and then you hang a left and you get up on this riverbank. And then you're on this straight shot and you can see the mountains that you're about to go through. And it was a beautiful blue day, sunny, sunny day. But up to that mountain pass, you can just see a ground storm growing and you can hear the wind. And so I know that we're going to go into it because I can see where the trail goes and I can see the, the snow swirling off the ground. Um, I don't think that my experience was as windy as, say, Jeff and Katie Joe, but I know that it was very windy. Um, we were doing a lot of sideways downhill mushing when the dogs are going one way and the sled gets blown by the wind and you're kind of going down the trail perpendicular to your dogs, if that makes sense. So I was kind of looking at the wheel dogs um, getting blown sideways. That was probably the most difficult stretch for me because there's a lot of hills that you climb and it was it was really challenging. You're sweating and at the same time you're really cold because the wind is so cold too. It took a while to get through there. Is that scary mushing like that? Um... I don't, I don't know if I'd call it scary, I guess. You know, it's tough because, I don't know, I guess I guess in some situations, yeah, it can be scary. You don't want to get blown down the mountain. There wasn't a lot of soft snow. It was, it was kind of like wind-blown hard snow. So the sled just kind of slides downhill 
And if your dogs aren't strong enough to stay on the trail, we're all just going to get blown and down down the hill like happened to several mushers. Um, but I was able to keep the sled on the on the trail by tipping my handlebars up on one runner to kind of get an edge and carve in. If I would set the sled back down, it would just slide downhill. So you'd have to hold your sled on one runner and fight it. Um, so yeah, it, it can be scary, but I guess you just try not to think about it at that moment. You just got to keep going. What was the most challenging part in your race this year? So there were lots of lots of challenging sections and challenging obstacles, but I think that section from White Mountain to safety was the toughest stretch with the wind and the hard trail and pushing you downhill and the blowhole um, from when you get up and over those mountains to the shelter cabin to all the way to safety, that was very, very windy. And um, Matt Pavelio helped me out a lot. I had to, I was getting blown off the trail, and so I had to stop and change some runner plastic. And um, my sled was getting pushed around, and he had to help me kind of hold my dog so we wouldn't get blown off the trail. And so I switched my runner plastic really quickly and, and got out of there. But yeah, so that wind in that section was the most challenging. What do you think about having your wife out on the trail as a reporter? Oh, I think it's great. I'm really proud of her. She does a great job. It's fun to see her on the trail. You know, obviously someone who's so supportive and loves our dogs. Okay, let's get through. It's really cool. I wish I could spend more time with her on the trail. You're trying to be competitive. You have to only stay in some of these checkpoints for as little as four hours. And I know my wife is there, so I'd like to, you know, spend more time with her. But I have to pull the hook and keep going. And on the flip side, I know she would like to hug the dogs and give them kisses and, you know, say hi to them, but she can't do that because that would be outside assistance. So it's this weird, we're married, but we're also working. So, you know, it's fun to see her, but at the same time, I have to keep going. So it's kind of difficult. <laughs> you were voted as most inspirational musher this year by your fellow mushers. How does that feel knowing your peers choose you for this award? Oh, it's deeply humbling um, to be respected by my competitors and my friends is, is something that I uh, take very seriously. I, you know, I think I thank them for voting for us. Um, there are many teams that probably deserve that most inspirational musher award. Um, and for whatever reason, they chose to pick us. So it's just really, it's an honor. And um, yeah, I can't, I can't thank them enough for, you know, for thinking of us. So it's, uh, it's really cool. And I hope, I hope to be able to return the favor someday. What did you learn most from doing the Adidas this year? What did I learn most? Um, uh, so. You know, there's there's all kinds of answers I could give you um, from, you know, learning about myself and how I deal with certain situations and how you can persevere and dig down deep and try to get through that storm. But um, we were in the checkpoint of uh, Nulata, and it was pretty cold. I think it was like 
10 below zero, but it was a sunny day, so I know it was going to get a little colder. And the runner plastic, we coil the runner plastic a certain way, so when you uncoil it, it just slides right on. Well, my, my runner plastic had bent, um, so as I was trying to slide it on um, the bottom of the runner, it wasn't going on. I would kind of like try and bend it, and I was fighting with it. And Martin, my mentor, kind of uh, told me this little trick where you can take your runner plastic and dunk it in hot, hot water, and the plastic softens up, and it turns to like, it'd be like the equivalent of a, of a noodle, a hard noodle, and if you just dunk it in water, then the noodle turns to a limp noodle. Mm -hmm. And um, so I did that, and lo and behold, the, the plastic slid right on with no effort. And so he kind of chuckled and said, oh, who taught you that trick? You know, and um, I, of course, looked at him, and he knew that he's the one that taught me that trick. So that's one thing that I learned, even though I, I knew it, but I had forgotten it. Um, and so there's many little things like that. Our final segment on our show is a new segment which we are calling Most Valuable Dog. We'd like you to pick a dog you feel is worthy of being called Most Valuable Dog for your Iditarod race. Who is the dog and tell us about him or her. Great question. And hands down, very easy pick, our MVP, Most Valuable Dog, MVD, would be McLaren. She is... Uh, about 44 pound female and she is now a super leader she was a lead dog in training and she knocked it out of the park she led through that windstorm she led across the slippery polished ice going to Golovin um, she is just a smart fast um, athletic dog and now she's one of the best leaders proving proving herself and um there are many dogs on the team that did a great job but she she stood out so her name is mclaren and that is uh out of cool cat and a dog named premier premier is our lead dog that won the cusk equipment 300 in 2019 so and then he goes back to sean white the dog i was talking about earlier so premier to cool cat and mclaren is our mv most valuable dog. How did the dog get her name? So she's named after um, a car, and I don't really necessarily love, I'm not like a guy that just loves cars, you know, or all these fast cars, but I don't know, we just chose the car theme for her because it seemed like it fit them. So for example, her sister, her name is Maserati. <laughs> Um, we have another uh, female named DeLorean. That's the car from Back to the Future. Um, their brothers are Cadillac, Benz, Bentley, and Prowler. And then my friends down in Michigan, Jamie and Justin High, have uh, two from that litter. Their names are Cusco and Champ. And then my other friend, Jesse, has um, the last female, and he's uh, down in, in Juneau, Alaska. So there was 10 in that litter. And the reason why I moved three of them was because I, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't have room for three, so I, I gave us uh, several to my friends. Has McLaren finished a rate that I did not before? This was her first one. Good, good follow-up question. So she's one for one, and she also did the um, Alpine Creek race, our 65-month.
uh, race out to Alpine Creek. That was the first race she ever did. That was the first time she ever got to go lead. And trying to pass some of the other teams, she didn't even like doing it. So she she got in lead in that 60-mile race earlier in December. Didn't do that well. And throughout training and the, the next several races, she became one of the best leaders on the dinner run. So pretty cool to see her grow up in one year. Is she on a break now or back to training? She's back to training. Um, we're doing five-mile runs right now, taking out guests. Um, she ran yesterday, and then she ran last night. We harness broke um, some of our seven-month-old puppies for the first time last night. So, yeah, they're, they, they got, I think they got a week off, and then we just, they were barking and jumping around wanting to go, go more. So, yeah, they're running. Thank you for talking with us today, Matthew. Oh, you're more than welcome. That was fun. You guys are you guys are great at this. Special thanks to Matthew Failer for being on our show today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Also, if you hear if you have any questions, comments, or people you'd like to hear on our show, please email us at huskytalk1 at gmail.com. If we hear from you or you leave a review, we will read it on the show. We would also like to give credit to Hobo Jim for our intro song, the Diderot Chill song, and her outro song, the Midnight Sun. They call this race the Iditarod Trail. To me, it's Reddington's Run. In my heart, it's Reddington.